1: And we are back for another edition of the Michigan Recruiting Insider. And this one, I promise you, will be one of the most significant Michigan Recruiting Insider podcasts we've done because it profiles, details, previews an absolutely titanic visit weekend. Maybe titanic is the wrong description because the titanic sank, right? But it's a huge visit weekend joining me. To help me preview this massive visit weekend, one that we've been talking about for weeks, right, is my my colleague, my friend, my guy over on the MichiganInsider.com, Steve Lorenz. Steve, how are you? Good. Ready.
2: Um, I think we're ready to go. Right. It's going to be a long but should be exciting weekend for
1: Michigan. They have stacked the top tier prospects coming in this weekend. I thought it was. A little bit of a of a gamble, but shoot, man, you you want the atmosphere, and now the game is looking is looking a lot more winnable. Not to say that anything is guaranteed in this world. You know, Michigan is going to see a better Washington team than the one that lost to Montana, but boy, uh, that game seems a lot more attainable on the heels of how Michigan played in Week One versus how Washington played in Week One. Before we get into detailing. The guys, some of the headliners that will be on campus. Let me remind you that if you like this podcast, be sure to rate it. Be sure to review it. Be sure to tell all your friends about it. They can find this podcast on their favorite podcast platform. It could be Google. It could be Stitcher. It could be Spotify, iTunes, you name it. Whatever your favorite podcast platform is, you can find the Michigan Recruiting Insider. Certainly your friends can. Just tell them to search Michigan Recruiting Insider. Then, of course, you want the inside scoop all the time the michiganinsider.com there is no better place for a reliable trustworthy accurate inside intel than the michiganinsider.com uh, certainly the crew is second to none steve bryce the joshes got a great board with great participants over there for at one dollar you can get in your first month which will take you through this massive visit weekend steve i'm curious just before we get into talking about the weekend, just your thoughts. How do you feel about this game, man? I mean, I know I'm not ready to say, you know, chalk it up as an automatic victory, but I certainly feel a lot better about Michigan's chances now after week one.
2: So well, Zach and I recorded the Wolverine 24-7 pod earlier. and it, Like, when breaking Washington down is really difficult offensively to find any any positives for them. I mean, maybe k Otten that tight end, looked like a guy. But quarterback play was poor. Uh, Montana, I think, had 11 tackles for a loss. I mean, Washington's offensive line was supposed to be one of their yeah. strengths this season. Uh, I guess the only possibility I can see, you know, Washington's defense appeared to play pretty well, right? I mean, maybe does this become a defensive battle? You know, Washington keep it close on the road. And, you know, I'm trying to, it was hard to kind of figure out a, a, a path to victory for Washington uh, just based on what we saw. Uh, late Saturday night and then compared to what we saw like you said uh how Michigan looked against Western Michigan Uh, I know all the breakdowns you've done today talking to the offense that maybe they didn't show a lot right I mean I think Uh we'll see some wrinkles and stuff on Saturday uh that we maybe didn't see but yeah I mean at this point it is it's really hard to pick Michigan you know they've played so well uh against Michigan they've played so well at night uh not just under Harbaugh period uh Michigan's been tough to beat at the big house at night and for Washington to come off of a demoralizing loss to now have to travel all the way across the country with a quarterback struggling mightily and uh, an offense that really, I mean, I think I think Zach had pointed out today they have more tight ends on their depth chart than they did wide receivers. I mean, they're pretty <laughs> banged up there, yeah, right? So kind of hard to kind of search for a path for victory for Washington based on what we know and what we've seen so far. So what a weird game uh, looking, like, looking at, at it from my standpoint.
1: Yeah, they bitten – by the injury bug, much like Michigan, unfortunately, as we know, Ronnie Bell out, their top four receivers are out. And yet, even with their because they they went into the Montana game without their top three guys, their fourth guy went down on the first play of the game. Uh, and so you still, though, when you are as big along the offensive line as as, as experienced I me, mean, all five guys are back. You got a 60 year center, you're averaging six, five, three twenty five across the front. you should be able to bowl over Montana and they weren't. So it's I mean this this team it just feels like something is going on with them uh, and you know their misfortune will hopefully lead to or be a part of Michigan's positive outcome because if they go well on the football field, so goes the 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 game I think so goes recruiting. Uh, in this instance, you got some some massive, massive names on this list. Uh, maybe the biggest addition, one that we've known about for a week, Steve, but, you know, fam said, hey, we want to keep this under wraps for a while, and we respected that decision, as we always do. But one Mr. Damani Jackson will be in the house. Five-star defensive back, number one corner in the country, Arguably the fastest prospect in the country. 10 to 500 meters, Steve. I mean, this dude, I mean, he's big. He's rangy. He's athletic. And he comes from a family where he was raised a diehard Michigan fan by a dad, Randy, who is a diehard Michigan fan. But he's committed to SC. And even though Michigan is getting him at an opportune time on campus under the light, Steve, this is still it still has to be described as an uphill battle trying to loosen. USC's grip and, and really, you know, a, a coach that is one of the best recruiters in the country and Dante Williams, great relationship with him. This is not going to be an easy, easy task for Michigan to try to swing him over to this side.
2: No, but this is, I say, Sam, I think we'd agree. This has played out a lot the way that we maybe kind of thought it would. You know, Michigan has kept the fire warm. Jackson's been receptive. You know, when we, when he originally verbally committed to USC, I think we kind of told people, again, that not to maybe fret in this recruitment necessarily, not to say that we are not, ne- we're going to predict Michigan to flip him per se, but this is where I think we thought Michigan would be at this point. To get hit, they were going to get him, they, they were going to get another shot, and they were going to get him back on campus. Uh, we know he's really tight with Will Johnson. Will's been, I, I got to, guess, this would be a guess, but that Will's been recruiting him harder to Michigan than maybe Domani has been recruiting him to SC. I mean, we haven't heard any, you know, Will was looking at visiting SC, visited SC a long time ago, uh, but it feels like that Michigan and, and their commitments and their coaches have maybe been a little bit more aggressive uh, in trying to get Damani to come to Michigan than going the other way around. Uh, we've, we've talked at length about how great of a player we think Jackson will be at the college level. Um, you know, and, and for Michigan, this, this it works out because you get Cody Jones, you get Miles Pollard, you have Will Johnson. You don't have to, like, reach or, or, or work down the board to fill this class at the cornerback spot. You can stay focused on a kid like Jackson, who has all the, like you said, all the connections to the, to the school, the fandom, all that stuff. Uh, and then take, you know, and it's September. Plenty of time to take a, a good swing for what we would consider in, in a grand slam at cornerback if they were able to pull this one out, you know, instead of moving on and, and, you know, just trying to fill a spot. And and like I, so like I said, all all in all, a lot has happened, but this has kind of played out the way we sort of anticipated it would. And now here, Michigan kind of stands with, like we said, that one big opportunity to really uh, kind of make that last or last ish uh, statement in this one.
1: Yeah, this is so. I wanted to set this up appropriately because I don't want to be accused of selling people a dream. But I think, Steve, you just did a great job of reminding people that when he committed to SC, we said, look, he's going to visit Michigan. I mean, it may not have been apparent at the time. He may not have said he was going to visit Michigan, but I just feel like it was inevitable. Diehard, lifelong Michigan fan has never been to a Michigan game Uh, super tight with Will Johnson uh, through the recruiting process. He was going to take in a game. That was always going to happen. You get him in for the Washington game. And so now I'm going to tell you the the part where, all right, well, Michigan is going to – this is what Michigan is going to have in its favor. There is no comparison, Steve, and I'm sure you would agree. There is no comparison between the atmosphere that he is going to take in under the lights on Saturday – and anything he's seen at, at SC. Everything from the pregame uh, pomp and circumstance to the, the raucous. And this is, this is one time where you can really describe the crowd as raucous. They've been removed from the stadium for a year. I know there was, there's been a game, uh, the Western game, but basically been out of the stadium for a year and a night game, primetime television. And you know how Michigan fans do under the lights anyway. It's going to be a fantastic environment. And is going to make anything he's seen at SC pale in comparison, provided Michigan wins. Then he will be on campus with Will Johnson. And the idea, the the notion of being this corner tanner, but not just Will Johnson. I mean, think about the possibilities. What about a secondary with Will on one side, Damani on the other? You could have two two corners at safety essentially that can roll down and give you coverage with a Miles Pollard who can be, you know, he can be a corner or a safety. With a Marion Walker who could be a corner or a safety. And then the guy you recruited to be your nickel that you want to have play that role that they are they're playing Dax Hill in now, Cody Jones, that is an unbelievable secondary. So you're you're selling that. You're selling that if you're Michigan. The opportunity to come in, be a part of a an all-time great defensive back recruiting class uh, and to be able to come in and play soon, to play early, to make an impact right away at a school that you grew up loving. And, oh, by the way, here's the other thing for a kicker. Mom's coming this time. You remember last time that November visit he took, it was just Damani and Dad, and Dad's a Michigan fan anyway, right? So when Damani was feeling in Michigan, he had to go home and talk to Mom about it. When he took a beat to think, uh, took a pause, I think that's when Dante Williams was really able to slide in there and say, you know, this is – and then, of course, Michigan had coaching changes and said, you know, he slid in there and was able to lock him back in the SC. Now you get a chance to to try to impress mom. If you're going to do it, Steve, if you are going to flip him, and I'm not saying Michigan is, but if you're going to do it, I can't think – of a better set of circumstances than the ones that they have in front of them. This is the best shot they could have possibly had. Not
2: even close. I mean, it's a, it's, it is, it's a perfect storm, I guess you'd want to say. Right. And that includes the opponent. we just got done talking about Washington, not looking as good. The opportunity, the opportunity for Michigan to win, which as you said, is going to be the, probably the deal breaker with a lot of these I mean, They can't come out and lose this game. Uh, Even more so now because Washington got beat last week, I think. you know. Regardless, either way, even if Washington had won, uh, a loss would have been really, really bad. It's never good. Uh, But now, given the circumstances, it's imperative that Michigan wins this game.
3: Uh, (laughs) Right? I mean,
2: it's it's almost a weird way. It's like there's a lot of pressure now. There's almost more pressure on Michigan to win this game, not that there wasn't already a ton. That's kind of the flip side of seeing Washington lay an egg. Uh, But with Damani, like you said, yeah, getting mom up as well. So yeah, you got both parents. You got him the injury turning out to be almost a blessing in disguise as far as the extended, the extended time he'll be on campus. And as the, you know, the aforementioned uh, relationship with Will, and I believe there were probably some other commits when he came up for the Wisconsin game last year as well. I I don't think Will's the only guy he knows. I mean, the guy he's closest with, but uh, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of other people there he's going to be familiar with and be excited to see again. So Yeah, that's going to be interesting. You know, and I I don't know. I don't know what the predictions say if SC is supposed to be really good this year or not. It feels like they underachieve under Clay Helton pretty consistently. So, you know, Michigan wins. SC maybe doesn't have the year that they're supposed to or that some think they will. You know, there's still a lot of this one feels like there's one with a lot of possibilities in it still, maybe.
1: Yeah, it's not a nothing. I I think it's the best way I can put it for people. This is not a nothing to see here. Now, it's also not. It's going to. They're going to get them. I wouldn't say it. Dante Williams is one hell of a recruiter. Now, I think I think that they the all hands on deck uh, approach that Michigan is taking. You know, Steve Klinkscale from the moment he got in, the the Youngstown connection he's been trying to put because you know he's a Youngstown guy. Randy is a Youngstown guy, right? Just like Mike Zordich was a Youngstown guy. That's that's where you get a little bit of kinship there that you're trying to work with, it's still going to be very, very hard to overcome the ties that bind him to SC. I mean, they they've made it clear that you're a focal point. We refu- we recruited very few kids. Idea being that we could focus more of our attention on you and that's really allowed for that relationship to blossom. So, not going to be an easy deal by any chance. I I think SC has reason to feel confident about their retention, but like I said, I think Michigan has reason to feel like we got a shot. I just, it couldn't have lined up any better for Michigan to take their shot. You sort of feel that way, Steve, with Josh Connerly, right? I mean, Josh Connerly, uh, the conventional wisdom is that Washington is the team to beat. And while you certainly have, you know, both programs under a lot of scrutiny, uh, you know, right now, I got to. I kind of feel like Jimmy Lake and Washington are under more scrutiny at the moment on the heels of that Montana loss last week.
2: Yeah. So Connerly the headliner, but there's like a, what, seven or eight legit, legit prospects coming up from, from Washington state. I mean, it's again, ironically enough, it's, it's a uh, talk about, uh, you talk about the Demani visit setting up well. I mean, it sets up well for Michigan to beat these, these guys, their home state, program in front of them and in front of a hundred thousand people um, with most of these guys having legit interest Talk about Connerly being the headliner and, and really the guy that he's probably been their top offensive line target most of the cycle, if not all of the cycle, I mean, it, it intensified after Courtney Morgan was brought on board, but, but he was still already a big target for them before that. I just think the the Morgan hires we talked about before, maybe helped Michigan's chances uh, more more so than where they were at uh, maybe a little bit earlier on. So yeah, second time in what, three months uh, that he'll have been here. And again, another opportunity for Michigan to put out the red carpet, how they're going to do that with like a thousand recruits. I'll be interested to see hmm. how they divide the time with some of these guys. But again, Connerly one that's going to get uh, all of the attention uh, as he should. I mean, I think he's the number one offensive lineman in the cycle. If not, he's second or third. I think we have him ranked second and 24 seven, but uh, yeah, no, you know, Washington looking iffy Uh, if he reads Washington message boards can only imagine how he's there. They're they're very fired up about what happened last Saturday. Uh, You know, and there are, there's questions about if Jimmy Lake's really the guy to uh, to lead them long term, you know, you get a guy like Chris Peterson leaves Lake, a dynamic recruiter in his own right. Uh, I think that was his calling card maybe the coaching side of things that maybe the jury's out on whether or not he can lead that program. So, you know, again, yeah, a a huge opportunity for Michigan uh, with Connerly to really kind of make a move, say Washington. And I actually, ironically enough, I'd say SC, probably maybe the other program. I think Texas and Alabama are still really trying there, but you you take that list and he's not obviously not afraid to leave the area. Uh, Even you talk about SC Seattle to Los Angeles. That's still, that's a long flight in its own right, it may feel like it's not far away, but point being he's open to leaving the general area, obviously. So, you know, again, yeah, this is one I think Michigan's going to make a big move. Honestly, Uh, this is, this is a recruitment. It seems like he's been really interested for a while. I know he had a really great first trip and uh, we talked about Sharon Moore. We've been waiting for Sharon Moore to flex his recruiting muscle a little bit this cycle. I know it's been a little bit of a transition at offensive line, but again, we're talking about somebody who beat Alabama head to head, for Daxon Hill, I'm really interested to see. This is maybe the one I'm most interested to maybe see where they stand coming out because, uh, again, there's a lot of factors going in their favor right now. Yeah,
1: and he was just here. He was just here for the barbecue. So to come right back, I talked to Courtney uh, back at Jim Harbaugh's golf outing. He said, you know, for these out-of-region kids, you got to get them on campus two times if you're going to have a shot to get them. And so I think that was the the reason why they pushed so hard for the barbecue visit, because you know you you want to you want to get some of that out of the way, some of the in person relationship building out of the way, some of the getting familiar with campus and and the people are out, out of the way. Now the focus this time can be game day atmosphere, uh, camaraderie with guys in the class. I mean you can you you got some of the. You know some of the initial pleasantries out of the way. This is you know increasing the familiarity and the comfort by with the return visit, and obviously has a lot of comfort with Sharon, has a lot of comfort with Courtney Morgan, that has been at least with the Josh Connerly recruitment. I think that's been a dynamic duo, and this is a great opportunity for Michigan to impact maybe more tangibly than any other recruit with the outcome of this game, Josh Connerly, because. You can, not to say you can put a nail in Jimmy Lake's coffin, but you can make, you can make things a lot tighter over there uh, because the folks are definitely restless. Steve, I reached out to Chris Fetters from dogman.com to get his take on Josh Connerly's recruitment from the Washington perspective, and here's what he had to say. Michigan fans certainly want to know, you know how what's the outlook? What are you hearing about Josh Connerly, and do you think— you know, how the season goes for Washington impacts his recruitment at all.
4: I, I don't know if it does. Um, I think, I think like every recruitment that's done the right way, all those things play a part. I mean, it's a very complex puzzle with these kids. You know, you got the academic side, you've got the athletic side, you've got the hometown side, you've got the, you know, is he, is he a kid that needs to get away to have that experience or does he need to have that support system around him and and, and and flourish closer to home? I don't know the answers to those questions, but I will tell you that I think both of those programs, both Washington and Michigan are very in very strong positions for Josh Connerly. Um, it may be a situation where, you know, I know Josh has gotten out and gotten to see some things and whatnot, but that's just the first part. And depending on, you know, how, how much further he wants to go with this process is he, is he, you know, fully set on taking all five of his official visits? Things like that. That will obviously determine a lot. Does he plan on signing mid-year or does he plan on waiting and going all the way to February? These are all questions that, that still need to have to be answered. Um, I think it is obviously a positive that he's taking a visit uh, to a place like Michigan to get a chance to see it, to get a chance to see it during the season. I know that sometimes, especially in this day and age, not getting a chance to see a game day atmosphere has kind of been minimized by certain schools. Mm-hmm. I think it's great that Michigan is, is one of the schools that's really actively saying, no, we need you to come out and see what exactly what you're getting involved in. I think that's huge. Um, I know a lot of Washington fans will say if Washington wins the game against Michigan, well then that that'll mean Josh Connolly is coming to Washington. No, it doesn't. <laughs> doesn't at all. It doesn't mean any. doesn't mean any of that stuff See, what I think a lot of fans want to believe that the results of a game means something in the end of the day. But the fact is, is that these kids will still talk to these coaches and these coaches are taught to sell ice to Eskimos, Mm -hmm. if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. So if, if Washington wins the game, the Michigan coaches are going to say, well, first of all, you saw how amazingly brilliant the big house is. And second of all, you're the missing piece. Uh-huh. If you had been playing in the game, you would have helped us beat Washington. And then by extension, if Michigan wins, Washington will do the same thing. They'll say, "Look, you are the missing piece. Look at how look at how our offensive line was against Montana and then look at the look at the little things that we could have done with you that would have made all the difference in the world." That like I said, the, they know how to sell the programs. That's not going to be the problem. And and I've never met one kid in 20 plus years of covering recruiting that's ever made a decision based on one One game. game. I agree. It just never happens. I agree. It just never happens. But like I said, I think it's super important. And if I was a Michigan fan, I'd be jacked to know that all of these kids are coming and they're going to get a chance to see the best version of what we can present off the field. You know, everything outside of the hedges, so to speak, you're it's going to be the best. Cause it's going to be a national TV night game. Everyone's going to be lubed up. It's going to be an incredible atmosphere. I've been there. I went to the game in what was it? 2001, 2002, 2002 whatever it was. Yeah. Um, I was there on the opposite field uh, up right behind the other field goal or the other Ash um, uprights. So I was able to see the Brabs kick like the first one and then the second one. So I got to see both of them right there in living color. It was pretty impressive. Uh, that whole atmosphere, that whole game day experience was incredible. So I think it's great that, that a lot of Washington guys are going out to see something like that. Because you really need, if you're doing your recruitment justice, you need to see all sides. Mm-hmm. You need to see what what a, a, an atmosphere is like at a Michigan, just like you need to see what an atmosphere is like at a Washington or a USC or wherever you want
1: to go. I mean,
4: that's totally up to you.
1: I Just a, a brief aside, Steve, I just can't – I do not understand – how they don't get 100 yards rushing in that game. Like, with that offensive line, how don't you get 100 yards rushing against Montana? I mean, no disrespect intended, but, I mean, they should get 100 yards rushing in, in every game versus F, FBS opponents, let alone FCS opponents. Well, I can't... The thing
2: that, you know, like I said, Zach and I broke it down, that, that number I mentioned earlier about 11 tackles for a loss from Montana. I mean, they were, size-wise, drastically outmatched up front. I mean, it's it's almost unfathomable to, you know, it it really like we had a hard time discussing the game itself today because it was just it was so unexpected and out of left field. Uh, I know Zach kind of watched a little bit more of the complete game. Uh, said for long stretches of the game, it, it wasn't like one of those rah rah upset momentum type things. It was like so there were stretches of games where Mo- where Montana looked like the better team. That's crazy. That's concerning as hell. If you're a Washington fan, that's why I say, you know, you you maybe looked at this as your tune-up, you know, to head into Michigan night. Now you got to go. Now you actually got to go there. You know, again, this is going to be two years worth of pent-up energy, fans waiting to get to fill the big house at night. You know, and it's going to be a raucous atmosphere. And 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 yeah, I mean, none of the statistics from that game made a ton of sense. I think the quarterback, I think he averaged like less than five yards an attempt. On forty-something attempts, three interceptions, uh, just just terrible statistics across the board. Uh, they're, uh, I think they're the vast majority of their targets were to running backs, and and Giles Jackson actually had quite a few targets as well. Uh, like almost no production at the wide receiver position, mm. uh, despite it being banged up. I get that, but still, you're playing Montana. <laughs> you know, be different if you're. I understand if you were playing a. If it was like, if they were playing Oregon or SC or somebody out, out West, you know, a good power five program, but against Washington, you know, or uh, <laughs> against Montana, I'm sorry. It's just uh, bizarre. I'm fa- I'm actually, I'm fascinated. I'm sure you are too. Just, I'm fascinated to see what they look like on Saturday. Yeah. You know, it was, it was, like what you almost don't expect them to It's almost, they can't repeat that even though they're playing a much better team. You know, I'm not saying they're going to light the world on fire or anything. I'm just saying like. I almost can't expect them to repeat that bad of a performance again two times in a row.
1: Yeah, I would be interested in this game. uh, I mean, like super interested, because I I, I watch college football anyway. But I would be dialed into this game anyway, just to figure out what the heck is going on with Washington. They are regarded, were regarded as the best offensive line in the Pac-12. The best offensive line in the Pac-12. Gets a hundred yards rushing versus Montana, and when I say even when you add when you when you you know add the sack yardage back in, they still don't get a hundred yards. So I, I just it's it'll be interesting to see how they come out in, in this game. And certainly, like I said, this is not to say that that this is, this will be light work for Michigan. I you know the size didn't the size disparity didn't go away overnight. They could very well find themselves against Michigan, but there's an opportunity for for the Wolverines to not only gain momentum in recruiting by winning this game, there's so much looks different. I mean, you look at the Big Ten and how different the Wisconsin game will look if you win this one, how different um, that one especially, but down the line, even Indiana after they got throttled by Iowa. So let's get back on recruiting now. That's what we're focused on in this particular one. And so, Steve, talk about developments, right? We spent some time talking about Josh Josephs, and so I told I mentioned in the last podcast, or maybe it was the podcast before last, uh, whenever we talked about Josh Newkirk going down there, I I wanted Josh to to be there because I wanted to get a feel for if everything that I was hearing about this dude being Michigan's to lose was true. And Josh came back saying, "Look, Sam, I I think the dude's going to Michigan." <laughs> he what "He told me he said I think this guy's going to Michigan." He said, "I think the." The stiffest competition is probably Tennessee, followed by Kentucky. But I, I think they're fighting an uphill battle against Michigan. And then came the, the news, and I sent you a message about this. The news about, oh, he's changed his visit around. He's he's canceled coming for the Washington game. Now, at the time, Steve, he did not have a Washington visit. I mean, it's not Washington. He's he's a, a Michigan visit for the Washington game scheduled. It wasn't scheduled. He may have mentioned the the possibility or wanting to visit for the Washington game, but it had not been set. So it was always this tentative thing or this likely thing, and he was always going to visit Tennessee the next week. So it wasn't this massive turn of events that, oh, he was going to Tennessee on the 11th instead of Michigan. It, was, it seemed like to me he was just flip-flopping things. I was still feeling pretty good about Michigan. But I was saying, you know what, I'll wait before I put a crystal ball in until he takes that Tennessee visit this coming weekend. Then came the news, Steve, that he's coming to Michigan after all, right?
2: So, yeah, kind of kind of an interesting timeline here. Uh, I know he told our Auburn and our Tennessee reporters, I want to say like three weeks or so ago, he was planning on going to the Michigan game. As you said, he never set a concrete plan with the staff necessarily. It maybe sounded more like that's what he wanted to do that weekend. So we had kind of, maybe pencil him in in pencil and not in pen uh, as being a, maybe a visitor that weekend. Well, then he's, then it's, then he's going to go visit Tennessee. Then he moves his, well, then he, then we find out he's coming to Michigan. Well, then he moves his commitment date back. He was supposed to commit on October 1st. He said he's pushing that back and then Wilt Fong puts in a crystal ball for <laughs> Michigan today. It's been kind of a weird like week uh, as far as that actual recruitment goes. Oh, by the way, in that meantime, in the meantime, he was finally, and I say finally, bumped up to a four-star uh, by our guys. Andrew Ivins bumped him up to a four-star, also mentioned him as a clear candidate to enter uh, the top two, four, seven when they do their big re-rank in October. So this is, again, this is, you know, we talk about the ranking, we talk about Jackson, we talk about Connerly, uh, some of the other 23s, or some big 23s, Walter Nolan. Josephs is right up there as far as the importance, in my opinion. Uh, and again, for the same reasons we've said before. He is an absolute perfect fit for this defensive scheme. He's had a great start to his season as well. Um, biggest thing with me that surprises me is where's where, where's Florida? Where's Georgia? It's it's a kind of a mystery to me why some other programs uh, maybe haven't stepped forward and, and offered him yet because I feel like he'd be a fit uh, in a lot of different defenses, you know. So, uh, but for Michigan to get him back up again for this game. I kind of classified it as like a sort of a mini win over Tennessee, just right. because we expect the atmosphere to be amazing. I yeah. think he's maybe the kind of guy that maybe doesn't, doesn't know what to, it doesn't really, uh, you know, He maybe he's going to be surprised at what he sees when he's there on campus and, and when the game starts and stuff. So uh, yeah, a big, a big win, I guess for Michigan to get him up again for this weekend. And, and, and a guy that, yeah, you know, Wilfong's usually got a pretty good pulse on things. And we've, like you said, we've been feeling Michigan here, for a while, but maybe wanted to see things play out a little bit longer before going ahead with a prediction. Uh, but either way, you know it's it's definitely not bad news, despite the commitment setback, maybe or, or the the drawback uh, for them to get him up here this weekend.
1: Yeah, I talked to Steve early this morning about it because uh, he told me I'm putting in a crystal ball for Josh Josephs, and I said, yeah, you know he pushed it pushed this commitment date back, and his his reply to me was, he said, yeah, but my sources in Georgia say it's going to take a whole heck of a lot. Whole heck of a lot uh for Michigan to get beat on this one, so he's he's feeling really good about me and I, and we were feeling really good about about michigan and this this game i'm gonna put it mark it down now if they win this game, I will be putting in a crystal ball for josh joseph's I will now I think it'll be hard for any school to duplicate this experience that he's about to have. This weekend, so I will be putting in a crystal ball for Michigan if they win this game. A crystal ball with uh, for Michigan with Josh Joseph, but he's not the only one that they're in good shape with. They're probably in the best shape with him, but you're getting Damani Dent up on this visit. He is another uh, that has a set timeline for the not too distant future, going to be deciding in mid October. And I mean, you, you had to get him up, Steve, if you're going to get him. Uh, time was of the essence. Uh, and to get him this weekend, uh, this is going to give you your best shot if you're Michigan to to make up on some ground on a team at, in Oregon that was on him first.
2: So another guy that I think we'll be interested to see where he ends the process ranking-wise. Uh, I've watched him. We like him. Michigan really likes him. Mm-hmm. Oregon, I think you had said, I don't know if we said it before the recording or whatever, but he's the best player at Oregon's camp. Right regardless of position that's why they offered him that's why they're pursuing him as hard as they are uh, you know michigan's defensive back recruiting has been strong safety's the one spot like we said we've kind of wondered you know we got a more and marion walker's a potential safety candidate there uh dent uh, austin osbury is a potential like flex guy maybe i mean there's a few guys in the mix there but uh i think dent walker probably the two with the highest upside i would argue maybe mm-hmm. Uh at that position. So I think Dent maybe more of an, in the a box box type safety guy. I think that's how I, I when I talked to Andrew Ivins about him, I think that's how he described him. Uh, that's a good thing. We, we saw with a box safety, we look, we see one in, in RJ Moten right now, who's already looking like he's going to be the next guy uh, for Michigan back there. So, you know, Dent would be a nice little win over Oregon. Uh, Oregon recruits really well. They've signed the top class in the Pac-12, I think, the last three years. Uh, they understand the recruiting game. So getting him up there, yeah, like you said, I think he's deciding, what, October 10th, you said? Is that, mm-hmm. that October right. 10th? Is what, yeah, right?
1: I'll, I'll get the date here. But, yeah, it's, it's definitely early early October for Damani Dent. But let me pull up his his date right now, and then I'll be able to tell you definitively what his Yep, October 10th for Damani Dent. So, so,
2: and I don't, so as a Jacksonville native, too, I'm not, is he, he might be, might be familiar with Micah Pollard. You know, there might be a relationship there. That's not going to hurt.
1: Well, you know, we'll Uh, find out because Bryce Marich is actually going to see Damani Dent. So, by the time uh, folks get through this podcast, you'll have some intel on Damani Dent on the site because he's going to see Damani Dent and then he's going to see Bartram Trail take on uh, Tallahassee Lincoln. So, seeing some, some big time. Michigan prospect action uh, this week. Another week on the grind for for the TMI crew. But you mentioned Amarion Walker. You know, he's, he's an interesting one because he, he just gets – there's so much flexibility there. Let, let's say things – Sure. because I got this question. Well, you know, is it Damani Dent or Amarion am Walker? It doesn't have can't, to be. Can't be. They're <laughs> two to, totally <laughs> different,
2: like, style – Defensive backs, right? I mean, we talked about Walker being more of a, like a gazelle. Uh, Dent's more of, I think, your classic like box safety type guy with some coverage upside. I mean, not we know Walker can cover, too. I think you said he played corner for stretches of the game that you went and watched him. Well, right, right? no, he, he, they,
1: but, they held him out of corner of the game that I was going to play, but they were playing him at corner the next week. I didn't check to see how, how he did, but I talked to his coach, who, by the way, by the way, let me mention again, <laughs> is when I say he's Ron Bellamy's guy, he was Ron Bellamy's coach, he's Ron Bellamy's guy. I've been holding back my interview with the coach, and you can – I'm going to post it on the site. So look out for this interview. And when you, when you hear Coach Hank – they call him Coach Hank, but Coach Tierney, legendary coach in Louisiana, he talks about Omarion almost like <laughs> – Steve, you picked up on this just by reading the story, right? He talks about him like this recruitment is far from over. Like, he says he's committed to Notre Dame, but if he winds up in Michigan and then at the very end of this video, I preview it for you, but he said, you know, I don't know. How, I don't push kids anywhere. I I don't know how this is going to go. But Ronald's a very persuasive guy. It's just the way he says it, Steve. You got to watch it. You got to watch the video. We'll be putting it on the site. But that's a, you know, that's one that I think they're trending up with. They have a real shot to make an impression with. Uh, and this, this visit could go a long way. Uh, same thing with uh, with Damani Den, of course, as they try to fight off, uh, you know, Oregon, who, again, was on them first. But what about Kenneth Grant, Steve? I think you did an excellent job of calling out the how or maybe why that one stalled out. When Bryce went down to to see him at practice and then Josh Newkirk went down to see him, I, I can't remember which one talked to the coach. But the coach said, you know, I think Michigan is in really good shape. They might have even gotten him by this point had there not been, you know, all of the, you know, the, the chirping from the other coaches about the uncertainty of the staff there. And I think you were very astute. And you said, Hey, you know, there is some pumping of the brakes being applied by others, possibly Ohio state trying to get him to slow down. And yeah, now I remember because, because it was Newkirk then who went back down to see Kenneth Grant. He said, yeah, Coach Johnson told me what? He, what was the phrase he used, Steve? He said, "Coach Johnson told him to trust the process." <laughs> I thought of you with with, with that quote, Steve, with uh, Larry Johnson tells Kevin Grant to trust the process. That's I could hear Steve Laran saying, "Yeah, that's telling the kid, don't commit yet. Wait on us to come around."
2: Yeah, it's like so. We had some again. I know. A shout out to our Buckeye listeners out there. I know we we have some sneaking around out there uh, for some reason. I don't know why. I, I would never listen to another team's recruiting podcast every week, but we're, uh, we're thankful for you guys. Uh, didn't even really mean it insultingly. It's just like Ohio State's in that position, right, where they can kind of do that, and it works. Uh, it is what it is, you know, and, yeah, it looked like everything was clearly heading Michigan's direction. But, again, this is another one. I actually kind of quietly think it was huge to get him up there this weekend for this game. Um, it's it's an interesting position with him because, again, we're when we all make our predictions, we're going to predict Michigan and win this game. But he's a guy that Michigan can – they can take him out in the field. They can say, see, you can help us, and you can help us quickly because we need – you're the type of guy – that this defense is really missing. We don't have anybody like you on our roster right now. You know, whereas I don't know if Ohio State can say the same thing, right? That's one of the perks or or might not be a perk in this recruitment where it might take him a lot longer to get on the field at a school like Ohio State just in how well they've recruited up front. But with Michigan, it's like we've been talking about maybe where they're lacking or where they're trying to to build depth or or to bring some bigger bodies in. And the the defensive interior is probably – number one. So he's kind of in a unique position where he'll get to, he'll go Michigan. Again, we're going to predict them to win. uh, Meaning he should enjoy the game, but he'll be the guy that, you know, really would be one of the guys that might be able to see the field quickest uh, coming in if he was the sign. And then Michigan can look him dead in the eye and say that, and it not be kind of your typical recruiting BS. I mean, it's a legit pitch. So um, yeah, I think it was big for them to get him up there Uh, again. And, and yeah, I mean, we'll see. I mean, Ohio State's Ohio state, uh, they recruit really well. We don't know. I don't know. We, I, we don't know how far where he is on their board exactly. Right. But we, it's pretty clear. He's not, if he called them tonight, I don't know if he'd have a spot yet. Right. And that's, that's the, uh, the trust the process. <laughs> uh, that's where that comes in. Trust the process. I don't know how I'd take that, uh, as a high school kid in that position, but, um, uh, like I said, Ohio state recruits pretty well. It speaks for itself. So, uh, You know, but yeah, Grant, again, kind of like Joseph's, honestly, just a guy who's a perfect fit for what they want to do. You look at the Ravens, how they've run their defense, what McDonald's wanting to do. This is a guy that and another guy bumped up to a four star recently. I think Allen gave him his fourth star um, in the Midwest and a guy trending up nationally anyway in the rankings. So, you know, big, big addition, literally, figuratively, and, and would be a huge addition to the defense eventually as well.
1: All right. So let's let's pause here. We'll come back on the other side. There, we can, I mean, there are so many guys, like you said, this could be a four hour podcast. There's so many guys we could talk about. I want to take a minute to, to really talk about Dane Key because he got a chance to uh, go by his school, spend some time with Dane, spend some time with his dad. He'll be another one of the visitors, a four star wide out. And for a long time, before Marion Walker really popped up, he was the guy who I felt like, from a receiver perspective, Michigan was in the best shape with. Now, you know, I put those two neck and neck, and Michigan has a real shot to make a, an even stronger impression on Dane Key. So we'll talk Dane Key and then, Steve, I want you to profile. There are some five-star 2023 visitors, some of whom we've talked about already, but want to give you a little refresher about the, the 2023 big timers that are going to be on campus for the under-the-lights game. We'll get to that on the other side here on the Michigan Recruiting Insider.
3: Progressive Casualty
1: Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
3: Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's Lifetime Membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash rs10 today.
1: So Steve, Dane Key, we've, you know, quietly been, uh, it seems like for a while, we've been talking about Dane Key here and there. Michigan been around in that recruitment, and things really seemed to take a serious uptick when he came on the visit in June. Uh, and I remember there being uh, you know, a, a very pointed question from his dad, and we will play the interview. Dad actually talked about it, about why didn't you guys offer my son when all the other schools did, the Oregon's. I mean, he has... A bunch of big-time offers Dane Key does, and he's already been out on some, you know, out on some visits. Uh, But that was an opportunity for him to work at length, up close and personally with Josh Gaddis, and that really seemed to do a thing because they they have a relationship with Steve Steve Klinkscale. I mean, you know, Dane's dad coaches Klink's, you know, he's coached Klink's boys at. Over there, Frederick Douglass. And Clink was at Kentucky for a long time. Dad's alma mater. And so there's all kind of connection there. But for Michigan to have a shot, it was going to have to be Josh Gaddis. And Josh Gaddis, the the rapport that he's forged with Dane, has given them that shot. Ranked number 231 in the country. A four-star wideout. So he's inside the top 247. Number 233 in the composite. A long, rangy you know, receiver Steve. That you talk about a guy who can play the jump ball game, can play the physical game, but has that deceptive speed as well. Uh, Michigan has a shot to to make another move in this recruitment. One that you got to favor Kentucky because of the fam- familial ties and him being there in Lexington. You got to like Oregon as well. He's been out there on a visit out there June 28th. South Carolina has been pretty prominent in this recruitment as well, but chance for Michigan to really make a move here.
2: Like you said, this, the theme quiet, right? I mean, this is kind of quietly one of their top overall targets offensively that's left on the board. I would think, uh, I mean, they put out a few receiver offers here within the last few weeks. I know one of the kids uh, was it Nimrod committed to Tennessee and then Kwan Lee committed to UCF. Uh, right. I mean, it's, it's clear that they, they did expand the board a few weeks ago. It's clear they want to take at least one more guy on there. I, I suspect they may try to take two uh we'll see I know that's always that's always uh fluid or whatever but but key appears to be the top guy and yeah like you said Kentucky Lexington you know it's interesting <laughs> you know not only is he from Lexington so obviously there's the the proximity but you said he's there's there's ties to, to the program as well uh that's going to make it an interesting one for Michigan and, and actually you know Kentucky got off to a great start uh last Saturday when and threw the ball a ton in that game also you know maybe something that I'm sure they're probably in his ear about so, but as you said, came up once, had a great time and is back again already. And so this will be another one. I think this will be kind of like uh, not the exact same as Jackson, but like this will be another, this will be Michigan's best shot uh, probably for the remainder of his recruitment, unless let's say Michigan had a great season, maybe comes back up in in November uh, for the big one. You know, Otherwise, this is the best atmosphere he's going to see um, as far as Michigan's concerned, right? So that's why this week is so important for all these guys. Um, we don't know how the rest of Michigan's season will turn out. If they win a lot of games, then the Ohio State game is going to be crazy, and that will be a huge recruiting weekend. But for now, for right now, this is going to be by far the best opportunity for Michigan to showcase, and and Key is another one of those guys that, yeah, as you said, like I said, quiet Um you know, in fighting a random group of schools, so you said Oregon, Kentucky. I know South Carolina, also. Uh-huh. I think is kind of involved there as well. But uh, yeah, I'd also peg Kentucky as sort of the pole position, uh, just because of all those connections.
1: Yeah, and, and like I said i i made a I made it a point to ask Dad, like, you know, really? I mean, you're a Kentucky alum, you're a Kentucky former Kentucky player. Why, if he's looking for that family feel? Why would any school be able to beat out Kentucky? So that was one of the talking points with Dad. So we will go ahead and get to the elder Key now, as I got a chance to interview his dad. Uh, If you missed the interview with Dane, you can check that out on the site. But here I am with Mr. Key. All right, so sitting here with with the father of one of the top receivers in the country, who was a recruit and a player in his own right, Mr. Dante Key. Mr. Key, how you doing? Doing
0: great, doing great. Glad you're here.
1: Yeah, man. Glad to be here and, and wanna always want to get the parental perspective on, on recruiting. I, I'm curious as you look back on your own experience, how did that help shape how you guided your sons through this process? Are there things that you went through that shape how you have sort of guided them through their individual processes?
0: Well, it's funny because the recruiting game has changed so much since I was in high school and was being recruited, Uh, you know, back then coaches could even come to your signing and now they can't do that. Uh, But no, I just try to, regardless if they're a high-level recruit or, you know, a mid-level recruit, I just try to keep it all in perspective and say, you know, this is all good, but when you get there, it's all work. Uh, You know, coaches do a really good job these days in recruiting and showing the kids, you know, these fancy things. But, you know, I think one of the things that you'll find in most dads who are coaches and who played at um, you know the college level is that you know all those things are good but we really keep the, our kids down to earth and say hey it's still work at the end of the day and you know all these things are good uh, but you're going to have to go out and prove, your, prove yourself each and every day uh, when you get to whatever school you're going to. All
1: right so you have one son that went through the process already did that help shape how you're going through it with Dane? I mean did that color any of the decisions you've made with him and what you told him to look for on the recruiting trip?
0: Well, you know, I think it, it, it shaped him more than it shaped me, uh, uh, which, you know, sometimes, you know, older brothers or older siblings guide their younger siblings more than the parents do. So, you know, Devin's done a really good job in guiding Dane and giving him the support he needs because Dane is was a higher level recruit than Devin. Uh, but, you know, the love that they have for each other and the support that they have for each other, I think Devin has guided him kind of more than me, mm-hmm. and which is really good to see as, as a father.
1: Gotcha. Alright, so, University of Kentucky. I mean, big blue through and through, right? That's you. So, it's, I'm gonna put to you the <clears throat> questions that come to me. How can he go any place but Kentucky? That's where his dad was at. That's where he said he's looking for family. You know he has family in UK. How could he go anyplace else but
0: Kentucky? You know, because, you know, it's, it's not about me. It's about him. And, you know, I go back to uh, when I saw Emmitt Smith and his son. Uh, he said the same thing. It's not about him. I've, I've done my thing. And, you know, it's really up to him to, to leave his legacy wherever he, uh, he wants to lay his legacy at. And Kentucky, you know, I, I love Kentucky. Uh, but that doesn't say that he loves Kentucky like I do. Uh, but, you know, they're definitely one that he's looking at uh, just like the other schools that, that were in his top ten. Uh, and he's looking for where he can fit in the best and who's going to give him that coaching to get into that next level that he wants to go to.
1: So you, I saw you do an interview about the, the Michigan experience. Now that you've had a chance to reflect, compare it to some other places. How did that Michigan visit stack up to the other places you, you went to? You know, it was the first time I'd ever been to Ann Arbor and,
0: uh, <clears throat> you know, what they have, uh, and Gaddis just blew me out of the water. You know, he, they, they worked day and night because they could, and the way he was so technical in teaching him the, the intricacies of playing the wide receiver position uh, just really overwhelmed me, really. Uh, but you know, Ann Arbor was a really it was a tight city, and you know the campus, and you know it's it's Michigan. So you know, we really had a good time, and can't wait to go back to really see that game experience that you know all the other Big Blue uh, uh, faithful talk
1: about. So they offered in the spring. I asked Dane this question. I'm just curious from your perspective. Did it was it late to you? I mean, c- compared to some of the other schools, and, and did that affect your perception, your view of Michigan, the timing of the offer?
0: It it did for me uh, because you know sometimes if you got. Uh, a high-level kid you know just four hours away and you haven't recruited them or you haven't reached out to them it's kind of like okay now that you know coach Clinkdale has left Kentucky and came to you guys what was the deal and uh, you know coach Gaddis and coach Harbaugh really explained their philosophy on uh, recruiting guys. They want to see him. They want to put their hands on them. And, you know, we hadn't been to a camp up there, and that's why they were able to, when they saw Dane and they experienced what he can do, his catch radius, his, you know, all those intangibles that they look for in a, in a player, in a receiver, uh, it kind of said, okay, I, I can see why they came in at the time that they did. Yeah, I think Coach Kaliske had, <coughs> you know, definitely uh, a effect. Uh, on uh, because he has seen Dane play for so long. And uh, so, yeah, it was kind of late, but, you know, the recruiting aid, are you ever late? <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess
1: results will tell. Right? Exactly. goes <laughs> <laughs> will tell whether they late or not. But I, I, I'm also curious, and I asked Dane this question too, how big is it how they do, the direction that it looks like they're going in? I mean, are you, as, their, as Dane's dad, do you want to see do they win their first few games do you want to see if they contend for the big 10 title this year is that a big deal for you as he goes through this process and he's looking at them as an option you know
0: one of the things winning is big uh and coaches lose or or keep their jobs on winning uh but i don't think that it's you, you go and i've told both of my sons this you go for a school to, to make the program better, regardless if they're winning or losing. I came to Kentucky, and they weren't in a really good spot. And you know, they were we were better at at, at times, uh, but you go to leave your legacy on what you do. And you know, I want to see Michigan win because I want him to be in a winning culture and a winning environment. Uh, but it doesn't play a big effect on uh, what they do in these first couple of games.
1: Okay, so he he sort of talked. some of the things that he's looking for in this decision-making process and you just you made clear it's gonna be his choice but as his dad I'm sure there are things that you want him to prioritize so when you guys have those discussions or when you had them in the past what have you done Dane I really want you to pay attention to this I really want you to look at this I really think this is important for you to pay attention to what are those things
0: well one is would you want to live in that city after you get done uh, because you know, with athletes, you know, in the city that you play, that you're well recognized and, you, and people know you, and so you get those networks started where you uh, uh, play or you go to school at. So it's really important for for me and his mom to to, to tell him, look, will you want to stay there after you leave uh, school? Uh, another thing is the coaches. Uh, people say you shouldn't go to a school for coach, but you do. Kids <laughs> go to schools because they like coaches, and you know. The all the schools that that we visited so far, uh, we've really been impressed with those coaches. So it's going to be a really tough uh, tough decision for him. And you know we can only give him advice, and we uh, and me and his mom do that uh, because all the schools that you know he's he's considering are, are really great institutions. But uh, the coaches I think are really going to be instrumental in. Uh, where he ultimately chooses. You,
1: you, you and his mom, you guys obviously know him better, and his brother know him better than anyone. So if he's been impressed by all these schools and all these coaches, at the end of the day, how do you think he's going to separate the wheat from the chaff? Like, what's going to separate one school from the rest, knowing him like you do? You know, one of the things that's really odd is
0: he loves to be around people, but he likes his own bathroom. And it's crazy to think, but he's really one of those guys that's a really neat kid, and uh, he don't want anybody kind of messing up his his room. I mean, when he was little, he would just make sure all of his toys and things were in the right position, so he's stayed like that. So, you know, some of the intangibles that he is looking at is where's he going to live, how's he going to live, you know, who's going to be living with him, Mm -hmm. Uh, is he going to have his own bathroom, Uh, you know, some of those things like that uh, would probably make – uh, A decision with him.
1: So timeline wise, he sort of he said he's targeting during the season. I mean, is that something that you have said? Hey, just you probably want to get it out of the way. Certain people like how how have you been with the timelines? You want him to wait longer? Would you like him to get it out of the way sooner? What do you think? Well,
0: you know, one of the things is for him to make an educated decision. That's what's best for him uh, and the schools that he's considering. He wants to visit those schools. Mm -hmm. And I think that's me and his mom have given him great advice to visit those schools and see where you fit in best. So, yeah. You know, his brother and he are really close, and his brother's birthday is in October, so he's probably shooting around there, and that way he can visit the schools that he's really considering, and then he'll make his decision. I haven't pushed him to, to make an early decision because, you know, at the end of the day, and we told the coaches that we visited uh, already that this was going to be the process, and that if they needed to move on, we certainly understood that. Uh, but he's going to make an educated decision by visiting those schools and, uh, and going from there.
1: So you mentioned Steve Klinkscale, he did as well. How significant is Steve Klinkscale's presence at Michigan, uh, to his Michigan recruitment? How significant is Steve Klinkscale's presence to your to your personal as his dad comfort with Michigan as an option? Well, it's it, it's it's um, it's a factor, uh,
0: but you know, at the end of the day. Dane has to be comfortable with the offensive staff. Uh-huh. And he's going to try to beat Coach Cleanscale's DBs every, <laughs> every day in practice. But I know that if he does go to Michigan, that uh, Coach Cleanscale will take care of him. Um, so because we take taken care of, I've coached his, his older son, Isaiah, and uh, we now have his younger son, uh, and we take care of him. And, you know, I, I, I think and I know that he would reciprocate that to me.
1: All right, and so I want your, your take on Steve Cleanscale, your coach, your dad. Tell Michigan fans what kind of coach they're getting, what kind of guy they're getting Steve
0: <laughs> I don't know if he wants me to tell him or not. <laughs> but no, coach, coach is going to really, Coach Cleanscale is going to, he's going to really have his guys prepared. Uh, he's intense. Uh, his kids are really going to, to fight every rep. Uh, he's going to put that in him because that's who he is. And I think as a coach, your kids take on your personality. And if they take on his personality, they'll be out there fighting every, every, every rep.
1: Gotcha, all right, and so my last one for you. Kid is dealing with a lot of expectations when their dad, you know, played at a certain place. How have you seen him process that? I know you aren't pushing them. He made that clear that you aren't pushing them. Do you sense the community? sort of pushing that and does that affect
0: him at all? Well, you know, he's got two two really good friends in Jagabert and Nikhil Crowdis who went to Kentucky. Uh, and he, he loves those guys, but they haven't pushed him. They've just been his friend and supporting him. And I think, you know, overall, the election of the community's doing that. Uh, we have a local radio show here that, you know, talks about him often, mm-hmm. uh, but that, the community is, you know, they wanted to go to Kentucky, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they, you know, understand that 17, 18-year-old kids got to make up their own, own minds with their
1: families. And I think uh, this community here in Lexington uh, supports that. And when you guys go back up to Ann Arbor in September, what are you looking to see? What are you looking to gather from that other than the obvious, the game day experience? What, what are you looking to see when you go up there that maybe you didn't get a chance to capture when you were on campus back in June? Well, I,
0: I, I like to see, is there, is there culture... Uh, winning culture.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, sometimes a winning culture don't automatically uh, determine wins and long wins, mm-hmm. but it's that culture, a winning culture, where the kids are really thriving and 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 uh, getting better each and every day. Uh, so that's what I want to see, and I want to see them compete. Uh, even if they, if you lose, if you compete, sometimes teams are just better than you, mm-hmm. uh, and that's why you know you have to go out and get. Uh, Dane Keith. <laughs> I didn't want to say that because I don't want to brag, but
3: you know, yeah, you have
0: to go out and get the top level guys. So that's what I'm really looking, looking forward to seeing and seeing do they have that winning
1: culture uh, and do their kids really compete. Well, uh, Mr. Keith, appreciate you taking so much time, man. Good luck this season. We'll see you up at Harvard in a few weeks. You know it. Thanks a lot. So, Steve, this will be an interesting one. Let's see what kind of move Michigan can make with Dane Key on this visit, and, uh, and then we'll, we'll go from there. Much longer-range circumstance or consideration, though, when you talk about the 2023s that are going to be on campus, most of them that, we are, that we've been talking about don't have decisions on the horizon. But uh, the more you can get them on campus, the better. And a couple of these guys will be making return visits to Michigan, and then another five-star 2023 will be hitting campus for the first time you want me
2: to just go down the,
1: <laughs> I mean, this is where it gets impressive because the guy, you
2: know, the senior class, of course, you're going to pull out all the stops to get your top targets in 22 up or whatever for the seniors, official visits unofficials, whatever. But the 23 group that's coming in, Dante Moore's coming back. I know it's a short trip for him, but anytime you're getting him back up again is a huge win. You want to talk about a kid who's had a great start to the season. Um, he has lived up to his ranking and then some in the first couple of games for King. I know they I think they have a I think they play Cass this weekend, if I'm not mistaken, or that's coming up soon. So another test there for him. Jalen Brown, who we spoke in depth about last week and maybe even talked and touch on him the week before. I don't know if this will be the first time him and Dante Moore have met. Um uh, but I know Michigan obviously hopes it's not the last time right. they meet. Uh Jaden Osberry. So you talk about so Austin Osberry's coming up. Twenty-two. Uh, we talked about him a flex corner, just a flex defensive back. Really, uh, Jaden will also be coming with him as as you mentioned, Sam. Another five star and a kid that we raved about last week in the brief time that we talked about him. He could be the top linebacker in the cycle. Honestly, uh, he's a stud. He's a I big time. Mean, big time. He's a he's big, time. Sure. He's big right? time.
1: And as we mentioned last week, I mean, you know, War Manual connection to the family. So. You know, you, you got a chance.
2: Random ends. You know, right. Talk about.
1: You know. Right. Talk about. Talk about having. I know they involve the ADN in recruitments anyway. Involve Ward and in recruitments anyway. But I think he's definitely going to be. He'd be front and center even if the Osberries weren't here. But even more so. Even more prominent in that equation. He is an absolute stud. But, Steve, I mean, those are just the five stars. There, there are other guys that I you know you've really talked about. Uh, you know, attacking Curtis a lot. And this is a kid. I mean, making another trip up to Ann Arbor, that feels significant to me. Yep. So Curtis
2: ranked 66th in the composite. uh, I think when we mentioned, when we last mentioned him, he visited like somewhere upwards of 20 schools in June when prospects were allowed to go visit campuses again. Michigan's one of, I think, four that he for sure planned on coming back to. And he'll actually see Michigan twice because he's heading to Wisconsin the weekend that Michigan's in Madison. So two games now that he'll see Michigan that look a lot more winnable today than maybe the day the visit was originally set. Um, we've met, obviously mentioned Saturday is a much more winnable game, but Wisconsin hard to really know what to make of that game against Penn state on Saturday that they don't didn't necessarily look that impressive. So lots of opportunity there. Um, I know the Washington group. You got Jaden lemars is one of the guys on our list. Uh, four-star running back. He's one of the most recent guys that Mike Hart offered. Uh, Caleb Presley, top 150 corner. Uh, he told he had confirmed to me uh, last week that he'd be heading in for tr the, for the visit. Notre Dame is really big there, uh, but he's a national. I think he even might be a top 100, honestly. Uh, some of the guys closer to home. Amir Herring, who. Michigan's own the crystal ball there. We don't foresee that changing anytime soon. I'd be very surprised. Uh, Andrew Depepe, out of Bettendorf, Iowa, four-star defensive lineman. I think he's a top two four seven guy. Mm. Allen's been pretty high on him for a while, and has also mentioned Michigan as one of the schools that could really be a legit competitor there. Uh, Jalen Thompson, Cast Tech prospect, is going to be up twenty-three you know, another top two, four, seven type kid, uh, Samaj Morgan's supposed to come back. I know Bryce did a good story on him coming out of his visit last week. And then I believe Allen put in a crystal ball for Morgan. He did coming. He did putting on a coming out of the visit. So, you know, he's a, he's a guy that some people want to make the KJ Hamler comparison. I don't know if we if I'm quite there yet, but he's definitely got that ability or that style of, of play. And then, uh, trying to think if there's anybody else off the top of my head. We can move to 24 too. Sam. There's a few guys in 24, uh, Papa Afua, the number one ranked offensive lineman in the class, uh, actually is part of that Washington group will be on campus. Uh, I know Bryce confirmed Jacob Odin, in state kid who I believe will eventually be a four-star, probably a top two, four, seven type kid. Eventually he has got a couple, got a lot of big offers and then Notre Dame's already offered him. They're involved. Um, uh, and then CJ Carr. uh, I guess if you're Michigan, you would hope that CJ Carr would come to any big game that Michigan's <laughs> going to play, but right. uh, yeah, he's he's in the initial top 100. Also, uh, relation to Lloyd Carr, for anybody who might not know, I mean, he's a 24, so maybe some listeners aren't as super familiar there, but, right, so yeah, um, what a list. Uh, you know, there's even other, ben, Brennan Parachek's coming back up, Dylan Senda, both these guys were on campus last week as well, uh, Landon Hatchet, part of that Washington group, These are names we'll link on the board or something probably eventually. It's just there's so many of them to keep track of right now. It's been more of a gathering it list than it is posting and linking and stuff. So crazy. It's uh, insane. Props to Courtney Morgan and company, though. I think there's a lot may have a lot to do with it, right? Uh, They've had big games in the past. It's not like this is the first big night game they've had. uh, But this visitor list dwarfs a lot of the visitor lists that they've had uh, when in a similar position in past cycles for sure.
1: No doubt. We will keep you up to speed on the happenings with all of those guys, happenings during the weekend even and after as we catch up with all of those guys and see how they're doing, uh, see how they enjoyed their visits and give you all the inside scoops. So be sure to check us out. Look, if you like this podcast, be sure to rate it. Be sure to review it. Be sure to tell all your friends about it. They can find it on whatever platform uh, they like. Whether that's Google, Stitcher, Spotify, anyone I'm missing, you can find us there. Just search Michigan Insider Podcast. And then, of course, do not miss the opportunity to get in on the MichiganInsider.com. One dollar gets you in. And look, hey, a little news flash. If you're listening to this podcast, it can include you in. We might even have a little deal coming this weekend. So how about that? No better time than the present to get in over on the MichiganInsider.com.
3: Okay.